Yes, folks, welcome to yet another installment of the World Studies Podcast. I'm your host, Stevenson. You can call me Mr. Stevenson. You can call me Stevenson. Today we're going to be seeking nirvana. We are in the culture unit. We're looking at religions around the world. I'm going to pick four that we're going to look at. Not trying to convert you. So you can ease up. Hopefully the background music that I'm playing now is helping you calm down and breathe. Maybe by the end of this, you might actually start levitating. That would be pretty wild. Although if you're driving, does the car levitate with you? And folks, it is questions like this that help us reach nirvana. To say Buddhism is a religion isn't necessarily true. Last week, we looked at the characteristics of religion. And if you look at Buddhism, it just doesn't really match up. I think a lot of Westerners think of like Buddhism, but maybe like yoga. It's about like just like the yogi, super chill, meditation. And there are connections. But you might not even know like what or who the Buddha is. Or what Buddhism is even about. And that is the point. Again, I'm not trying to convert you. I'm not even a Buddhist. So also keep that in mind. I am like not the spokesperson for Buddhism. I am simply a secondary social studies teacher who does a lot of research on things and to the best of my ability makes you think. Now, Buddha stands for the awakened one and the Buddha who is not seen as God or prophet. In fact, his original name, his OG name is Siddhartha Gautama. It's believed he was born between the 6th and 4th century BC in Nepal. He was born into royalty and was set up to be a ruler. And apparently, in the beginning of his life, experienced a lot of uh, sheltering. As in, he did not experience much suffering. And the story goes that one day, he left the palace... Right again, sheltered, right? Leaves the palace and is confronted with the realities of life. Nature, essentially, we'll call it. People die from disease. There is poverty. Nature don't care about your feelings, as I like to say. And people are going through suffering. So his reality, think about before we've talked about, if you take someone and just keep them in the same room for their entire life, their universe, their known universe and reality is limited to that. 
in his reality at the time, suffering is not a reality. Now, perhaps like spiritually suffering, that was a reality. He didn't probably know that. Maybe emotional, right? He was lacking some things, and I don't know. But suffering in the sense of things going bad or poorly, he, was, he didn't have to be confronted with that until later in his life. And so this sparks something in him and he goes on this journey of just dropping everything, everything he owned and goes on this journey and uh, seeks nirvana. And nirvana is like enlightenment. It's like this peak moment of enlightenment. And it's, it's, <laughs> I've, listen to podcasts of like people talking about like enlightenment and like read up on it. And it, the weird thing about this is like people say like, you don't know until you've experienced it. And like, how do you know you've experienced Nirvana and peak enlightenment where like everything turns into one? But Buddha through meditation essentially believed that we can get past suffering. We can overcome suffering. Life is filled with suffering and unfulfillment, lack of fulfillment, but that could be overcame. He has, and Buddhism has. So Buddha is almost like the foundation, the cornerstone of the philosophy that life is filled with suffering but it can be overcome. Overcome, overcame, overcome. <laughs> I don't think it would really matter to the Buddha, but there are four noble truths and then which we're going to look at. And then we're going to look at the eightfold path and reflect on ourselves and how we're doing. It's, and it's not necessarily like how we're doing at being Buddhists. What I hope for is we look at these four religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, and Islam, and look at what are some things we can get from that, even if you don't practice that religion. Again, not trying to convert you, but I think it can be helpful. So, the four noble truths. The noble truth of suffering. Human life is filled with suffering and dissatisfaction. That is, according to Buddhism, a truth. Life, existence, is filled with suffering and dissatisfaction. So, like, what is suffering? I mean, there's a lot of ways of looking at that. But essentially, like, lack lack of... um, positive feeling. It's essentially negative. And there is a spectrum to that. Sadness, grief. Life is 
It's not all the time, but life is fairly consistent that you will experience some form of suffering or dissatisfaction about things. And again, as I said, like that is a spectrum. So that you, a loved one can get cancer and die suddenly, which I think everyone at least knows someone who's died of cancer. Or, I don't know, like you stub your toe, right? The spectrum. Life is filled with things that are not positive, that don't make you feel good. Life is filled with suffering and dissatisfaction. That's absolutely true. Again, nature does not care about your feelings. Though it's like the center of the web thing. If you are not the center of the web, then life doesn't have to really worry about you. Life goes on, right? So like when you die, again, I guess the question is, do you believe this? But will the sun rise the next day? And will life go on? The world will keep spinning. Bad things happen. And it's not like your existence or you are here to just experience good things, like for good things to happen to you. It is a reality that bad things can happen to you, will happen to you. Now, the degree and like in the spectrum to the level of bad things and the consistency, like quantity and quality of the suffering varies among people. It seems like some people have incredibly bad luck. Some people have lived a live a good life. Now, the extent to even like when I said um, they tried to protect the Buddha from suffering and like they sheltered him and like perhaps he had spiritual suffering. There's evidence that shows like if you look at kids who have incredibly wealthy parents who are like always working, right? But they are given good things. They don't have to experience like hunger or you know, like danger, the consistent danger of like, I don't know, like you don't know if you're walking to school, like if something will happen to you. That doesn't mean that they are free from suffering. Everyone is experiencing something. And it's difficult to say that someone is not suffering or like someone should not suffer from something. People respond to things differently, but according to one of the four noble truths, life is filled with suffering. The second one, the noble truth of the origin of suffering. According to the Buddha, suffering is caused by our desires as humans. And in quotations, attachment is the root of all suffering. So suffering exists in the world, but according to the Buddha, Suffering is caused because you and we all want things. We expect things. We hope for things to go certain ways. And when they don't go how we want things to be or to go, we experience dissatisfaction and suffering. Now, again, there's, there has to be a spectrum to this, right? I wake up was really hoping for a sunny day because I wanted to do a bunch of things. It's raining. Like, man. 
I'm dissatisfied. I feel upset. I feel annoyed. Why? Why do I feel upset or annoyed? Because I wanted things to be different, but it's not the way I wanted it. So what is causing that dissatisfaction or suffering? Like, well, I guess it's me. It's not the rain. The rain is just, it, it's raining. The rain is rain. It was going to rain if I was here or not here. My experience of dissatisfaction, the root of that, is because I wanted it to be differently. And you know, I think there's some validity to that. Again, it's on a spectrum, but how many aspects of your life are you not totally pleased with? And again, I think there's a difference between like, I wish I was in better shape or like, I'm not pleased with my health, right? And I think it's reasonable to allow that, like that can be good where like, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at here. I want it to change. And like, we have the ability to change things. But when things don't go the way that we want, or things are not going the way they want, we want them to be going, any aspect of dissatisfaction or like negative emotions, we're sad, upset, lonely, whatever. How much of that is due to us not being able to or not being willing to like shift our expectations. I didn't get that job. Now, that's easy to, again, it's, it's easy to say like, oh, you should shift your expectations. Like when you didn't get the job, but when you got bills to pay and you got like kids that are hungry, it's difficult to be like, man, it's all good. Just got to shift my expectations. These are, again, just things that I, not a Buddhist, like think when I see that, like, yes, suffering. I get that. uh, But like, what happens if my child starves to death? Like, man, I just got to shift my expectations. Attachment is the root of all suffering. Like, why are you attached to that child? You know? So I think there is a, and I don't know enough about, and if you are a Buddhist, and I would love to hear your input on this but this would be something that I think that at least that I'm thinking of. But I agree though, suffering is caused by our desire as humans. There is a spectrum to that. But, well, I I don't know if the Buddha is like trying to say that we should not try to suffer at all or we should avoid suffering. Because it would feel pretty empty if, and I, I always go hyperbolic extreme to like prove a point and then draw back and like, where's the line pretty much. But like my child starves to death because I cannot get a job. And I am suffering. I am experiencing severe grief. Should I just like alter my expectations? That would seem anti-human. Like it would be strange. I think it would be strange if 
someone's child dies and they're like, well, I wasn't too attached. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, whoa, man. Like, bro, you got to reevaluate. Like, <laughs> don't be attached to your material things. But like, what about, you know, like if my, if the house burned down and I like my guitar gets burnt and I'm going through severe grief, but like everyone in my family survives, I, th I agree then like you need to, cons you need to reconsider your attachment to things. Like what is still there? And maybe that's what he's talking about. My house burned down. I've lost all my material possessions. Like I've thought about, I have, I get, here's an example. On my laptop, I've had this laptop since right before I became a freshman in college. That's 2011. So this laptop is, this Mac is nine years old and I have a lot of music and I've backed a lot of it up, but I'm like, I'm consistently making music. If I were to lose, and even like my pictures, I got pictures going all the way back from like being in high school, all on this drive, one on my laptop, two in the, like this big hard drive. If I were to lose that all, that would be a huge blow. I would experience, I would experience a lot of sadness from that. Or like all the music that I spent so, I've spent a lot of time making music. Like if it were just all gone, I would experience grief and like major dissatisfaction and like perhaps you could call it suffering. And I guess what the mindset is, is like, well, you never really had it in the first place. I don't know. Like perhaps, like can you make something and then just let it go? Like that material possession, like, oh, but that was mine. But I wanted that. Like I've seen videos of, I guess they're monks, um, making this like beautiful, huge piece of art with like colored sand. And it takes them, it has to take them days, weeks, I don't know. And they make it and then they stare at it for a little bit and then they just destroy it. It's like, dang. You know, like what if you spent a week making a painting and then just lit it on fire and just watched it burn? That takes guts. Why? Because like I just spent a week on that thing. Like I want to frame it. I want to like, I want to cherish it. I just, I made it. It's like, but you can't become attached to that though. Because at any point it will be gone. Now, I don't think that like from this point on, I'm just going to be making music and then deleting it. But it's the, if it gets deleted, what can I still hold on to? Like, well, all the lessons I learned from making that music had to have been something. That's what I can at least like hold on to and like, okay, gratitude. I had something, you know, I made something and like it had to have impacted me and it made that day that I was alive when I made it better. Same thing if you lose someone in life. It's sad. And I think, I would like to think that like the Buddha would say, like, it's okay to be sad about that. It would be kind of non-human. It would be like robotic if you're like, can't be attached. 
But it's the, okay, he's gone. What can I hold on to? The time that we had together. And not allow for the loss to outweigh or overcome the positive. He or she or they are gone. What was good? What should I hold on to? I can be sad. I can feel some type of way. It's almost like a reminder that you're human, right? Like the rainy days, if it's been like this happened to me this weekend, it was cloudy like almost the whole day. And then at like four o'clock or five o'clock, I felt the sun. I was like, the sun. Oh, it's glorious. Almost be like the opposite, right? If it's you're out and it's like 90 degree heat and then all of a sudden you get shade, you're like, yes. Like it quenches the thirst. The point being, you enjoy the sun and those moments of sun so much more when you've experienced clouds. So it's almost like that, like Buddha being sheltered from suffering. He didn't even understand how good it was until he saw the suffering. And that's absolutely true of our lives. It's okay. I think it's good to experience grief and sadness and loneliness. It's like the COVID thing. With COVID, again, if you were able to be healthy, but like to be alone, like stuck inside, I think it opened up a lot of eyes of like what they actually have and like how much they actually took for granted, like socializing and seeing friends like being out in public. Now, the next truth is the end of suffering and dissatisfaction. And that is we can overcome suffering and dissatisfaction by removing slash managing all desires. It would, it's, and I, again, I don't think that like if your child starves to death because you could not get a job and like feed your child. And I think you might think like, well, that's really extreme and very unlikely. It's unlikely here. Like we have the means for there to be like some intervention prior to a child starving to death. But like around the world, that does happen. And that's like another tough thing for me who like white middle class American to be like, yeah, but Buddha says, don't be too attached. You know, like that's tough for me to say. However, I'm sure there have been, and this is something that like I hold on to for two reasons. One, it's tough for me to then say like, well, life is still good, you know, because like life is good for me. But there have been people who have had much less and have experienced much worse than me that still hold on to the good things and like have gratitude and say life is good. 
So one that like makes me feel better, like, okay, life is still good. Like it's not just because I've experienced better things because people who have had it worse than me affirm that. So one, it reaffirms my beliefs that life can be good. And then two, it makes me at least more comfortable to say life is good. But then the challenge is like, would I feel the same if my life were to get a whole lot worse? Like I lose my job, my house, my wife, my dogs, like all the things that are closest to me. What if they were to be gone? Now, as I've said before, and hopefully doesn't offend you too much, I'm a Christian, so I think there are things I still hold on to, but this is like, you can, I think you can still be a Christian, like learn from and take things away from what Buddha is talking about. And it's true. We can overcome suffering and dissatisfaction by removing or managing all desires. I think the managing thing is at least doable. If I were to, like, I, t- I don't know. <laughs> what? Why would I want to remove all attachment or like desires? That would be something that I would ask the Buddha. Like, are you, do you really mean like I need to ditch attachment for my wife that like I will be apathetic? Is that what you mean? Like I'd be apathetic if she were to die in a car crash or from cancer? I think the managing desires, like again, if God forbid, if my wife, who I've only, I've been married to for four years now, pretty much. So like, that's nothing. Imagine being married to someone for like 30 years and ideally you're still in love. Like the depth to that love is very intense and you lose them. The managing desires. It's like the, okay, life is not going how I want it to go. But maybe like the root thought is, well, you don't even have to, you didn't even have to exist at all. Like the fact that you even exist is pretty deep. To even experience life at all, ideally, makes you experience and feel gratitude. Now, some people legit, their experience in life is almost entirely just suffering. And it's not like the you're losing things. Like you are born into a world where there is hunger and violence and injustice and that's your life, however long you live. So I, I don't know what to say to that. Like, how do we say, like, well, then just get rid of your expectations? I think it's the... To even exist at all should at least give you some form of gratitude. Anything else can happen to you. 
but to even exist at all like is such a peculiar thing really right like why why experience anything that was an alternative i guess there is like a, another dimension and another in a multi universe where you don't exist now if you want to call it like god created you or you're here by circumstance or randomness it means nothing i don't know whatever you want but like the fact that you exist at all and you're even able to think about existing like it's different than just an insect who comes to existence and then just like follows instincts you are thinking about thinking and existing hopefully 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 and maybe like one of the things that the buddha is saying is you did not decide whether or not you exist like i i bet some people are out there that's like well i pro i wish i didn't exist i wish it just never happened and i think what buddha is saying is like that is not in your control because here you are and you exist and in order to make the most out of that existence you should remove or manage your expectations of what it means to exist at all and like the sun comes up at least the sun came up you know like it's if that's the like the base of all you have for gratitude experience that gratitude and then things that are not going the way you want them to go like revise oh i'm stuck in traffic and like these are like the first world problem things i'm out of coffee or the coffee burnt my tongue or i can't find my keys or i'm stuck in traffic my boss is being a jerk or my students are being annoying they're not appreciating like the work i put into that lesson I don't have time. I'm like always doing things. Like these are like shift with like the traffic thing. Okay, I, I got I guess I got more time to just think and like be by myself. Like okay. It's like the yin yang in a sense. Here's a really good quote, and I think I'm going to have to pretty much uh, put the Eightfold Path into part two. But I like this quote. Buddhism begins with the fact of suffering. However, before we can do anything about it, we must know its cause, which is the deeply rooted sense of I that we all have. Because of this, we are always struggling to get things that are pleasurable and avoid things that are painful to find ease and security, and generally to manipulate people and situations to be the way that I want them. And because the rest of the world does not necessarily fit in with what I want, 
we often find ourselves cutting against the general flow of things and getting hurt and disappointed in the process. Suffering may be therefore brought to an end by transcending this strong sense of I so that we come into greater harmony with things in general. It's like the ego. Things are not going the way I want them to go. I have a vision of what this should be and I will do what is necessary. I will manipulate people. I will work against people in order to get what I want. And if it does not go the way that I want it to go, I am disappointed. Well, sir, if it did not go the way that you wanted it to go, perhaps it was a valiant effort and you tried. And again, there are like things that if you are dissatisfied with in life, like you have the ability to change things. Yes. But if it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, it is what it is. Boom. Max Holloway. Brilliant UFC, former champion. I think he won the last fight. But he lost the UFC championship. And like I the amount of work and effort it takes to become a UFC champion, like it, I I will ne- I don't know if I'll ever work <laughs> that hard to like get something that intense and like that high of an achievement. And he lost it. He lost like he climbed the peak and got on top and was there and then he lost it and then he said it is what it is I lost it is what it is it has already been done like sure things that can be you can work to try to have them work out in your favor I think the whole like what is it um, we manipulate things and people to get the, what we want like you gotta think about like technically I manipulate my students for it to go the way I want it because I have an objective to accomplish so yes so when things are not yet to be or have not yet come to be you can I I don't know like can you have expectations about it like hopes you go I hope this works out and if it doesn't once it has already come to be and it exists it is what it is. There's nothing you can do. You can't travel back in time. It is what it is. I think then, like, you manage your expectations. Like, well, that's not the way I would have wanted it. But how much time do I have in life? Okay, whatever that number is. How much time of that time do I want to spend wishing that things were different? that have already come to be. Like how much time when something happens am I going to spend like just sulking on it? Like, And is sulking on it going to change anything? No. And why am I sulking? Because it didn't go the way that I wanted it to. Like, Well, that is life. Come to terms with that one. I think of it like, and this is the example that I give my students, and then we dive into the eightfold path, but I think of a leaf on a tree. Think of the journey of the leaf on a tree. And it's kind of the same for you and I. A leaf buds 
and all of a sudden like comes into existence and it's like what am i like well you're a leaf like on what tree on an apple tree like man i wish i was an oak tree <laughs> you know like immediately like man and then it's like well where am i on the tree you're at the bottom right part Man, I wish I was at the top. Oh, man, I wish I was pointing west. But yeah, I understand. I, by the way, I understand that leaves can't think like that. But like how many ways can the leaf be like, man, that's not what I wanted. Man, I'm in Nebraska. Wish I was in Illinois. I'm an apple tree. <laughs> this is an apple tree. Be a lot better if it was an oak tree. Oh, I'm facing south. I'm at the bottom. Be pretty cool if I was facing toward the sunset. And then the leaf does what it can to like you know, like leaves move around, right? It's like trying to get as much sunlight as it can it's working with what it's been given doing the best that it can and then it's like alright I know at some point I'm gonna fall and I've been eyeing up the landscape below me and I really want to land right there and you like pick your spot and you're staring at it like every single day you're thinking about it like alright that's the one like when I fall it's like right below me man that's gonna be a good spot and then right when you fall what happens a breeze <sighs> pushes you away you're like no <laughs> and you land somewhere else like how much what was your life you woke up like alright what am I Ah, uh, where am I? Ah, uh, what is this? Ah, uh, all right, fine. Next phase of my life, when I fall, I'm going to land right there. Ah, uh, it didn't go the way I wanted to. And then what was your life? Your life was just a bunch of, man, I wish, what? I wish it was different. Now, I use the leaf example because pretty much nothing is in the leaf's control. But I have talked before in the butterfly effect episode. I think it's like episode one of Those Who Wonder podcast. Like how many things are out of our control? COVID, presidential candidates, people dying in your life. All this stuff, being stuck in traffic is out of your control. And you can just spend your life going, man, wish it was taller. It is what it is. Now, the final truth of the four noble truths is that the eightfold path will lead, will lead to nirvana and its ways to act. And what I have my students do is I give them little excerpts about the eightfold path and they 
give themselves a grade, A, B, C, D, or F. And they're going to think like, all right, what am I doing well at? What am I not doing well at? And it's like a self-evaluation. If you were a Buddhist, like, how are you doing? Now, you don't have to be a Buddhist. But we can still take something from it. And I think even like the, the noble four truths, or the four noble truths, sorry. We can still take something from that. Are you enjoying life? Maybe we're like, no, that's 60-40. Like, all right, let's let's stick to that 40 that you're not enjoying. How much of that is just due to your expectations and things not going the way that you want them to go? What the Buddha would say is you need to just remove your expectations. You didn't get the job? Stuck in traffic? Boss is being a jerk? Miss your friends? The Eagles lost? I mean, those are basic ones. Your family's falling apart? You lose someone to cancer? How much of your suffering and dissatisfaction is your own fault? I'm not saying remove all desires or attachment. Like that line that attachment is the root of all suffering. Yeah, but like family members or people you love. But where is your dissatisfaction coming from and how much is your fault? Because you are making yourself dissatisfied. The easy one, like getting stuck in traffic makes you annoyed, angry, dissatisfied. At least you're alive. And maybe if you're like, well, I wish I wasn't. Like, okay, let's take some time to dive into that. What is making you say that? And how much is your fault? One, how much can you change? And then how much is due to your expectations? Something to think about, folks. readjusting our expectations of life so you're not just that leaf that's like man I wish I was an oak tree I wish I was on a different spot in the tree but it's all good when I drop I'm gonna land right there and then right when you drop get blown somewhere else you're like man what was the point of any of that that sucked like, well it sucked cause you made it suck could have been better and like again if all we have is time the fact that you even exist is a fairly bizarre thing and if all you have is time the best thing that you can do is make the most of the time and that's not being worried about things not going 
the way you wish they went or things not being the way you wish they were. Hope for change, work for change, but it is what it is. It's like I have a line in a song and I'll end with this. I have an album coming out, shameless plug, and the premise is essentially like the world is ending due to climate change. Which like I again I'm not saying like you like, well it is what it is, like we're all gonna die. Like, no, we should work to make things better. But this is like in future worst case scenario where like things actually go very bad. And the line is or the lyrics are Alas the fateful paths converge and unify to one, and mine cannot withhold the surge and it fades until it's gone. The larger path which swallows whole will bring me to my end. Near or far, I cannot say to wrap around the bend. To turn around or stop to glance, it really doesn't matter. Fate will find a way to be despite how I combat it. The path with which I find myself, the path that's meant to be, for now I will enjoy the walk and see what I will see. It really doesn't matter. Right, like, there are so many things in life that I just want to, like, scream about. Climate change being a huge one. But there, there are so many things that are out of my control. And, like, what if that's what it is? Like, it is what it is. Like, what if the larger path swallows mine? And, like, all these dreams and ambitions and, like, things I want out of life... Like I want to grow old and have, I want to have kids and like have them live a good life and like grow old and retire and like, you know, like, and just do so many things while I'm alive. Like what if that all gets taken away because there are so many people who can't do what I think they should do, right? And like, what if this, all these expectations and hopes I have for life are just taken away? Like, alas, the faithful, the faithful paths converge and unify to one, and mine cannot withhold, withhold the surge. It fades until it's gone. The larger path, which swallows whole, will bring me to my end. Near or far, I cannot say to wrap around the bend. Like, fate, the larger scheme of everything going on is like swallowed up all these things that I hoped and has just destroyed it. Fate will find a way to be despite how I combat it. To turn around or stop to glance, it really doesn't matter. Fate will be fate will find a way to be despite how I combat it. The path with which I find myself, the path that's meant to be, for now I will enjoy the walk and see what I will see. It's like, well. Wasn't meant to be but at least I got to exist. And while I have it, while I have people, like while I have my wife, while I have my dogs, like I think about that all the time when like I'm hugging my dogs, like it sucks that dogs live, like 
10 years like <laughs> you know like you just want to hug him like live forever but like i'm not gonna live forever like eventually my wife or i one of us is gonna go first and i know it so might as well enjoy the walk and see what i will see it's like all right I will probably experience sadness and suffering at some point about this, but like if that is a reality and it is what it is, and I know that's going to be, I should make the most of what I have while it's there. So then when it's over, I will feel sadness and grief, but I'll be like, yeah, but I, I had met, we made the most of it. I had such good times with her or with my dogs there was a lot of laughter. And that's that, folks. That's part one of Buddhism. Reaching Nirvana. Hop on the Nirvana bus. Next week, we are going to look at the Noble Eightfold Path. And for each one, we're going to say, what is it? How do you do it? And how am I doing? Like, so what is it? What's the, exp- like, oh, the expectation? What is the um, ideal for that? And then self-reflection. Like, well, how am I doing it? For instance, one of them is, how am I doing with having the right intentions or having the right speech? So you got right view, right intentions, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. How are you doing in those? You have no clue what they are, maybe. Tune in next week. Your goal, your homework for this week is at any moment when something happens that does not connect or line up with what you want or wanted, check yourself when you feel disappointment or dissatisfaction anger annoyance grief check yourself and say how much of these negative feelings are because of just me and my expectations and things not going the way that I want them to go and give up that idea of I I want it to be like this. It's you are and we are all a leaf blowing in the wind and you cannot control the breeze. And it is what it is till it ain't. And it is what it is till it ain't. Back. Well, that's it, folks. The bell is ringing. 